amen and amen. Good evening, Central Park Baptist Church. Good evening to y'all. How are we doing this evening? We doing okay? Amen, amen. Just uh, excited to be here to another wonderful mission conference night. And uh, you know, the, the Lord teaches us that the best way to keep God's word is to give it away. The best way to keep God's word is to give it away. And that's what our missionaries are, are, are doing. And that's what we should be doing here as, as members of this local church. We should be giving away the gospel every day to someone. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Now, if you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing our opening hymn, hymn 468, hymn 468. believers, men and women both here in your house that 
on a Thursday night, Lord, when we put you first in our lives. Let tonight be the night that we continue to put you first and seek you first, no matter what in our lives, as these missionaries have done. Let us take example from them and, and just take the ball and run with it, Lord. Thank you for everything you've done for us, for them, and just filling our hearts with faith as we are in this Faith Missions Promise Week. Lord, let us, our hearts be softened, and if anybody shall come here tonight or is here tonight, Lord, that is hearing your call or that is not saved, let tonight be the night that they come to you. We're grateful for you and all the blessings that we have here tonight within this room, Lord, with these people, but worldwide. Thank you for your word and my salvation, Lord. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Him uh, 51. Him 5-1. Him 5-1. We should take the name of Jesus with us. Amen? Amen. Everywhere we go. Hymn 51. Sing along. I'll take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort you. Take it there where you go, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, I take the name of Jesus ever as a shield from every snare. If temptations round you gather, breathe that holy name and pray. Amen. Precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy. precious name oh the precious name of Jesus how it thrills us over joy when his loving arms receive us and his souls our tongues employ precious name oh how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven precious name oh how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven at the name of Jesus bowing falling prostrate at his feet king of kings in heaven We'll crown him when our journey is complete. Precious name, oh how sweet. Hope of earth and joy ahead. Precious name, oh how sweet. 
precious name. Oh, how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven. Precious name. Oh, how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Glad you're here. Say amen. 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 I'm glad that you didn't let God get in your way of your plans tonight. Amen. I mean, you know, sometimes we do that. Only one more night, though. So let me encourage you, be back. Amen. You're going to miss a blessing. I've been blessed already. And uh, it's been good. And I appreciated Brother Williams and the message last night. And Brother Ward's going to preach tonight. And then, of course, tomorrow night, Brother Miller's going to be preaching for us. So, Please, you do not want to miss, and so let me encourage you, you be back tomorrow evening, again, 5.30 for dinner, and uh, then, of course, 7 o'clock is our service time, but don't forget about Sunday, let's go to Sunday breakfast, we're going to have a continental breakfast from 8.30 to 9.15, and then uh, adults, we're going to meet back in here, okay, from young people up, we're going to meet in here and have a combined Sunday school class uh, here in the sanctuary, and, uh, and then at 10.30, 9.30 to 10.15, same time. Amen. But you can't eat donuts or drink coffee in here. Right. Right. Amen. Right. So Amen. if you want coffee and donuts, you've got to come between 8.30 and 9.15. Because there's a big man in the back. I'm going to have him stand at the door. <laughs> Amen. And uh, no, it's not Brother DeVito either. <laughs> so... Uh, but uh, from 8.30 to 9.15, 9.15, we'll be right in here to start uh, our Amen. Sunday school time and uh, a Sunday school lesson with, from the uh, preacher this, that morning. And then, of course, Brother Sharon will be preaching at 10.30, church planner. So I want, to be, want you to be sure that you're here and try to encourage folks. Pray for our folks. We've got some that are sick, uh, that are on the mend, and uh, just pray that God will help them to get to feeling better so they can be back this coming Lord's Day. And all God's people can say, Amen. 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 Uh, right now, we're going to have an offering. Amen. Amen. Does anybody not have a faith promise card? Uh-oh, okay. Men, keep your hand up. Uh, they're, going, they're, they're going to get them. We'll give them a minute. They weren't quite Johnny on the spot. But they're quick. They're, they're as fast as molasses in the winter. Some of y'all will get that in a minute. No, they do a good job. I'm just giving them a hard time. But please, if you didn't get a faith promise card, keep your hand up. We're going to turn those in Sunday morning, okay, At the, toward the end of our service that day. Uh, let me encourage you. We're going to have lunch as well. Uh, don't get in a hurry Sunday. Amen. 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 We're gonna. We're not gonna try to. We're not gonna be over just to be over. But we're just gonna have a good time Sunday, Amen. and uh, in the Lord's house. I always say, you know, I was coming to church when I got here, so I'm not in a hurry. You know, Amen. so uh, let me encourage you. You be ready to go Sunday. Uh, we're gonna have a great time, and and if we go long, we're just gonna go a little long, and uh, we're not. We don't have to go very far to eat lunch. And uh, we're not having an afternoon service. We'll conclude that through the day. So we are not going to get in a hurry. Uh, if the preacher preaches for thir- 45 minutes, I'm just going to see if y'all let him, you know, what if he preaches an hour? Y'all going to be okay? Okay, good. I'm all right. I mean, 
because I'm, I was coming to church when I got here. So no, I'm just going to have a good time. And so please let me encourage you. You be here ready to go. If you didn't get a schedule, there's the booklets are out here. Uh, if you don't know what's going on, please pick one of these up and read it. Uh, and also pick up a bulletin. I think there's some extra ones out here as well uh, that'll help you for the next week or so, okay? Well, let's have a word of prayer. And if you're ready to have a good offering, say amen. 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 Father, I pray, God, that you'd help us tonight, Lord. Uh, I pray, God, that you'd bless this offering. I pray that you'd bless the gift and the giver. Help us, Lord, to be givers, Lord, of, yeah. of ourselves first, and then, Lord, givers of, of our tithes and our offerings, God, for the cause of Christ. I pray, God, that you'd bless. And, Lord, be at the Millers tonight as they sing. Be with Brother Ward as he preaches tonight, yeah. God. Give him liberty. And, uh, God, I'm thankful, uh, Lord, for our people and their faithfulness. Please bless, Lord, tonight. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come.
cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back, no turning back.
My dear Redeemer, though he tests and proves us, yet will guide us safely to the other shore, far beyond the my heavenly homes nowhere around here hey man i'm looking forward you know one of these days it'll, it may be a little close because the new jerusalem's going to be close i think and but that's going to be our home if you're a saved born again child of god amen so uh, but i'm thankful tonight to have brother ward i've uh, just met him he dropped in on us you know and uh, but i've appreciated him uh, ever since and i i know the leslie's he y'all remember the leslie's that were here with us uh, Brother Ward helps the Leslie's there in Croatia, or he's been there with them. So uh, give him your undivided attention tonight as he comes and preaches to us. Come ahead, Brother Ward. Amen. I've also already been blessed by what we've uh, seen and heard here in the conference. And uh, let me turn this microphone on right quick. Skinny people can put these on sitting down, but I can't do that. <laughs> Tell you what, the food has been fabulous. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> I think you people have been reading my mail or something. Come up here and have Mexican food and peach cobbler last night. Peach cobbler? Mm -hmm. I think it's God's will we have another one of those tomorrow. <laughs> That's what I've been hearing and feeling. But, uh... I've got a I've got a nine minute video and I'd like to show that to you first and uh, that'll acquaint you with everything that uh, I've been up to but I want to emphasize a few points after that and then I've got a message for you tonight so if you just pay attention to the video for about nine minutes. My name is Sam Ward. I was gloriously saved and baptized at the age of seven in a small Baptist church in Forsan, Texas. In March of 2010, I was sent to Croatia 
through Trinity Baptist Church of Arlington, Texas, to assist in the ministry of Brother Johnny Leslie. Croatia is a small country in Central Europe with a population of approximately 4 million people. It is one of the most beautiful countries on earth. There are beautiful old castles, forests, and lakes, a world-famous coastline along the Adriatic Sea, and even a Roman Colosseum. Croatia was one of the six countries making up the old communist Yugoslavia. Croatia declared its independence in 1991, and after four brutal years of war with Serbia, Croatia won its independence and became the free country that it is today. In spite of its great beauty and the freedoms that it enjoys, Croatia has a very serious problem. It is a nation whose people walk in spiritual darkness, dominated by the false religion of the Catholic Church. Croatia is starved for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I am overjoyed to have the opportunity to declare the name of Jesus to the Croatian people. The Lord moving in a miraculous way to place me in Croatia was something I never expected. For many years I dreamed of following my Savior wherever He might lead to declare His name among the lost. But I lived with chronic, crippling illness, and I thought my dream would never be fulfilled. However, by 2005, I received the help I badly needed to combat my chronic illness. Then I met Brother Johnny Leslie while he was on furlough in Texas. My heart broke when he mentioned being the only independent Baptist missionary in the country at that time. Though I had never traveled outside the United States and had no finances to make such a trip, for some reason I blurted out that I would visit Croatia to go soul winning with him. Miraculously, the Lord provided the funds for airfare through a co-worker that I mentioned it to over lunch one day. So in 2006, I found myself on the streets of Croatia, soul winning with Brother Johnny Leslie. The Lord greatly blessed our soul winning effort during that visit, and I returned home rejoicing. Determined to do what I could for missions in Croatia, I scheduled another soul winning trip for 2008. Again, the Lord provided the funds, and again, the Lord greatly blessed our soul winning efforts. I scheduled another trip for 2009. However, the Lord had greater plans for me. Shortly before the third trip in October of 2009, my secular employer of 25 years came to me and said, We know that your heart is in Croatia. If you would like to go and stay, we would like to support you for two years to help you get started. I immediately knew this was the will of God. The third trip in 2009 was another great blessing, but knowing I would soon return for good made it even better. After returning to the U.S., I arranged for the sale of my home, spent a little time with my parents, gave away what I could not carry, packed my bags, and left for Croatia in March of 2010. I praise the Lord for the opportunity He has given to me, and it is my joy and honor to give my life to Him. God is serious when He says in His Word, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
about the ministries here in Croatia, I have the opportunity to lead the singing in our church in Varazdan, and it is a great blessing to me. I am not a professional singer, but I am someone who loves to sing the hymns. Here is a sample of one of our favorites, Old Sabadell. an honor and privilege not to be taken lightly, and I thank the Lord for the many times I've been able to preach in Croatia, both in the church and on the street. Of course, we go soul winning in Croatia. We pass out thousands of gospel tracts, stuff mailboxes, and mail out Bibles all over the country. Bible translation is another big project for us here in Croatia. When I arrived in 2010, Brother Johnny and his group had already translated the New Testament from the King James Bible. Some work had been done on the Old Testament, but none of the books were yet complete. I've had the privilege of working with Brother Johnny and Pastor Telebar to help with the translation of the Old Testament all the way from Genesis to Malachi. In September of 2018, our very first shipment of a complete Bible for the Croatian people arrived. What a glorious day that was. Since that time, we have received an additional two containers of Bibles, totaling approximately 50,000 copies of the Word of God. This enables us to freely pass them out in the streets all over the country. Big things are coming to the ministry in Croatia this year. First of all, Brother Johnny feels called of God to relocate about five hours away to a city on the southern peninsula called Split to start a new work there. It is the second largest city in the country with a population of around 300,000. This will open up the entire southern peninsula of Croatia to the gospel, and that is very exciting. The Lord already knew all about this when he sent the Ron Winkler family to us three years ago. Brother Winkler will be taking over the pastorate of the church here in Barajdin, and I will be staying here to translate for him as he continues to learn the language and to work alongside him and his family. The second big thing that's happening is that we have discovered a great way to distribute thousands of Bibles all across Croatia. We placed a week-long Facebook ad offering a free Bible in March of this year, and the results were astonishing and overwhelming. We thought if we could send out 30 to 40 Bibles in a week, that would be a great success. Instead, we ended up sending 500 Bibles. We did the same thing again in a different area of the country, and the same thing happened. So in the future, we intend to systematically blanket the entire country with these ads in order to saturate Croatia with the Bible and gospel tracts. The other side of this story is that with such great success comes great expense. For every Bible that we send, 
we spend about $1.67 for postage and an envelope, so the cost of sending a thousand Bibles was approximately $1,670. There were big days where we spent $200 on postage alone. We need sponsors for this project to help us get Bibles into every home in Croatia. It is my dream come true to serve the Lord in Croatia, and I look forward to the day when I stand in heaven and look around to see a multitude of Croatians praising the Lord with me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing. Thank you so much. My name is Sam Ward. I was gloriously saved and baptized at the age of... Tell you what, that gets me every time I see it because it's my life and I uh, just can't believe uh, what God did for me. And uh, like the video said, I just want to recap just a little bit. Uh, I was gloriously saved at the age of seven and by the time I was 10, I remember weeping over lost souls in my pastor's office trying to figure out how to reach uh, lost classmates and... Uh, I just know I've had this burden for souls for a long, long time, and uh, I told God as a, a young child, a young man, that 12 or 13, I guess, uh, that uh, I would go anywhere he wanted me to go, and I would do anything he wanted me to do. Well, then it became apparent that I was uh, in this crippled up body, uh, born with uh, some rare form of muscular dystrophy. I finally found out when I was 35 at the Mayo Clinic and uh, just didn't understand, you know, I had a confusing time having a great burden uh, for the lost and a, a desire to do something for God and uh, not have the ability to make it happen and uh, not have the ability, the ability to fulfill the desire that was in my heart. And it was a very confusing thing, but I know God knows best. And I know that uh, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. And uh, I just had to wait on God is what I had to do. By the time I was 40 years old, I thought surely I would die soon because I developed a, a heart problem as well that uh, probably triggered by this muscular dystrophy issue. And uh, I, was, I had a heartbeat issue that just, uh, I felt like I was getting beat to death from the inside for quite a while. I went to three cardiologists trying to find an answer and uh, they didn't have an answer for me. They didn't, they didn't care enough to investigate far enough to make it happen. Uh, it was just like, get away, you bother me, you know, kind of thing. So uh, when I was 40, I thought, surely death is just around the corner. I didn't think it would end this way, but I even asked God. I said, go ahead, please, take me home. And uh, that's where I was in, in life and just existing. I, was, I had an office job, and I was just doing what I could to hang on to that office job. And I just want to share with you some of the coincidences that took place to get me where I am today. And um, I had to move from one side of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex all the way to the other so I could have a five-minute commute to work. The commute was just uh, killing me, so I wanted to keep that job as long as I could. So I made that move, and I had that five-minute commute, and it uh, wasn't long after that that a friend of mine began pestering me. I say pestering me in quotes, okay? Uh, go to one more cardiologist, don't give up, try one more and uh, just see what can happen. Maybe you can find some help. And they, I had a lot of respect for this friend of mine and uh, I went ahead and did that upon their recommendation, found one in uh, Fort Worth and lo and behold, I was coincidentally able to verbalize what was going on inside me 
And uh, this doctor said, hmm, that's interesting. And he put some more monitors on me and did a sonogram thing on me, I, whatever it's called for the heart, I don't know. But, um, and uh, they found the problem and uh, gave me a medication to fix that. So I've still got the muscle disease, of course. I'll have it all my life, so I, I still have to deal with that. But the heart ailment is under control. Amen. So guess what I ended up with? I ended up with a new lease on life. Just as I had made the move across the Metroplex and needed to find a new church to attend because it was too far to go back to the old church. And I uh, just prayed one day if God would just lead me and just help me find this new church. And uh, I drove up a road randomly and by coincidence on a Saturday afternoon. And uh, just I saw a Methodist church. I knew that was out of the question. Then I saw a Catholic church and I thought, well, maybe I'm in the wrong neighborhood. Uh, but I went a little farther, amen? I went just a little farther down the road, and lo and behold, under this big tree hanging out in the front yard, I, I got a little closer, and I could see Trinity Baptist Church. And I thought, now we're getting somewhere, amen? And then I drove a little farther, and I read the marquee on the, on the sign out front, and it said, old-fashioned church like it used to be. And I thought, well, glory to God, I'm old-fashioned like it used to be. Uh, maybe that's a place I ought to try out. So I tried it out on a Wednesday night, amen? Uh, midweek service, and there was a man in there, Dr. Bob W. Smith, who was uh, leather-lunged and preaching just like it was Sunday, amen? And uh, glory to God, he was, uh, he was shucking the corn, as they say. He was delivering the mail, and I thought, glory to God, I didn't realize they made them this way anymore, and I uh, found a home there, okay? And I uh, had this newfound energy that I could use to do something. This is a hard-working church. And uh, uh, they, everybody's busy about something soul winning in some way, form or other. And I knew I had to get busy if I was going to be there. And I did. I went, started going soul winning. And then I found, a, I found a, a door that was not being handled by an usher on Sunday morning. All of our ushers were occupied with their own door. But there was one more across the parking lot that didn't have an usher opening it on Sunday morning. I thought, well, I've got the IQ for that. I can handle that job. That's a job for me. So I made myself into a doorkeeper in the house of God. Amen. And what I was trying to do is find every way I could to serve, okay? Yeah, gotcha. I, I, was, I had this newfound uh, energy, and uh, I still don't run laps or uh, go jogging or anything like that, but I'm telling you, I can do a lot more than I ever dreamed I could. Right. Here I am uh, now, what, 35? I look 35, but I'm actually 60. I feel a whole lot better now than I did when I was 40, okay? So if it keeps going like that... I'm, I'm going to live and do for a long time. But what I did was I found a way to serve in the house of God. It wasn't long before they asked me to teach a Sunday school class, and I accepted that too. And then I found out my soul winning partner was in charge of the prison ministry of all things, and he would coordinate a trip to the prison on, uh, in Huntsville uh, one Tuesday afternoon each month. And we got to go down there and have service uh, with the men in the state prison. What a glorious joy that was to be able to serve, the, serve God in that capacity and uh, rejoice with those men down there who found the Lord in prison, okay? And uh, what a joy and blessing. It, it'll stand forever as a highlight of my life regardless of what else happens. So I was in the habit of doing that on Tuesday afternoons. And uh, one Tuesday afternoon I got in the car on one side and some dude I never saw before got in the car on the other side. Turned out to be Johnny Leslie, missionary to Croatia. And I thought, well, I've, I've had a burden, a burden and a desire to uh, do mission work all my life and uh, never had an opportunity. This will be interesting. I'll be able to interrogate him all the way down there and all the way back. I'm sure he would enjoy that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we had a long conversation 
uh, somewhere along the way, I asked him who else is over there with you. And uh, I know I'm recapping some of the video, but uh, it was just amazing to me when he said there's, I'm all, I'm, he said I'm the only independent Baptist missionary in the country. There's no one over there. And that just hit me like a, as we say, ton of bricks, you know. And uh, then I heard these words, well, I'll just have to come over there and go soul winning with you sometime. Well, who am I? I looked around to see who said that and turned out to be my out loud voice. And I thought, how in the world is that going to happen? And uh, then I thought immediately, God's big. And uh, Brother Johnny said, you mean that? Nobody else has ever come over there before. And I thought, yeah, I, I do believe it, you know, i was telling him I was sure about it somehow or other uh, that God just might make that happen. And then uh, the video doesn't make it clear, but it was the very next day at work I went to lunch with a Christian co-worker and told him about that conversation and how I thought God's big enough to make something happen here where I could go and visit this missionary and be an encouragement to him. And I remember that my eyes welled up with tears when I told him that. And uh, then we went, we finished our lunch, went back to work. I didn't think much more about that conversation anyway with him. And the very next day, he came to my office door and uh, he pulled something out of his pocket and said, you really mean it about going to Croatia? And I said, yeah, I believe God's big enough to do that. And he handed me an envelope with a check for $1,000 in it and said, my wife and I uh, want to have a part if you go. And uh, that covered the airfare, Amen. Uh, that'll make a guy suspicious that something's up, right? I, I call that a clue in my book. That's a clue that maybe I just ought to follow through and do, uh, do that trip to Croatia and encourage a missionary. And I uh, just thought, glory to God. And uh, at that time, I still walked with a cane everywhere. I, I still use a cane, but not everywhere I go. And, uh, but I used it everywhere. But hey, me and my walking cane made it all the way across the world uh, to stand in the streets of Chakovets, Croatia and uh, witness to people about Jesus Christ. And I, whoever dreamed that? When I was 40, I was saying, Lord, please go ahead and take me home. Right. Hey, I didn't know up from down. I didn't know left from right. I didn't know front to back. God knows what's going on. He knows, he knows the end from the beginning. Maybe we should hate. Maybe we should just trust God, okay? And uh, I came back from that trip having seen some people gloriously saved and just thinking, wow, what a mighty God we serve to have such an opportunity. I wonder what it'd be like if something like that could ever happen again. And I uh, never dreamed it would. But guess what happened? In 2008, my employer said, hey, I'd like you to go to Germany for me. Our company's never sent anybody to Germany before. And he said, I'd like you to go to Germany for me and look at these products at a trade show. And by the way, if you want to spend time with your missionary friend over in Croatia, I'll buy you a ticket to Croatia and you need to spend your vacation with him while you're over there. Uh, that might be another clue, mightn't it? And, uh, it, you know, hit me, hit me with a two-by-four, but not too hard, okay? I can take, I can pick up on these clues, and uh, lo and behold, we did it again in 2008, came home thinking, wow, maybe God's going to let me alleviate this huge burden from my heart by just enabling me to go to Croatia once a year and try to be a blessing and encouragement to a missionary work. I mean, wouldn't that be a glorious blessing? So I just told people, hey, I'm going to go back in 2009 some way or another. And uh, we planned it and had it scheduled and everything and had the airfare uh, collected. Everything was set to go. And then the secular boss came to me again and said, uh, if you just want to go to Croatia and just stay, we'll help you for two years to get you started. Uh, I'd call that another clue, wouldn't you? 
So I went ahead and took that trip, but I went and talked to my pastor. I said, something remarkable's happened. Told him about that conversation with the boss, and, and he got behind it, and several churches that I knew got behind it uh, that knew me real well. Uh, they got behind it immediately. So as soon as I got back, we took care of the arrangements, uh, sold the house, and gave away everything I couldn't carry and took my walking canes and my suitcases and uh, landed in Croatia in uh, March of 2010 and uh, stayed there. Amen? Amen. I had a two-year guarantee from the company that I worked for for 25 years, and uh, I just knew God. If uh, I just knew he could take care of the rest of it. Here we are 12 and a half years later, and uh, God's, been, uh, God's been good. And I'm living my dream. A year and a half ago, I got to buy a house over there. I never dreamed I would own property or be in a house. I thought I'd be in a little tiny apartment for the rest of my life. But it didn't matter as long as I was doing what God wanted me to do. And yet here, uh, here I am. I bought, my, uh, bought a house of my own. And uh, you know what I needed? I live alone, so I needed a small house that I wouldn't go broke paying utilities on, okay? Uh, but I needed some outbuildings, some barns or sheds or something where we could store Bibles for shipment. Well, guess what I ended up with? I ended up with a small house perfectly suitable for myself with lots of outbuildings that a farmer used to own uh, where we can store Bibles and prepare them for shipment. I've got what they called a pig barn that's got a beautiful concrete floor, beautiful walls, and uh, we can sit in there and form an assembly line to prepare Bibles for shipment all day long. And I've got storage facilities around the back. I've got a little roof repair that needs to be done, but other than that, I've got a great place to be the center of Bible distribution for the country of Croatia. And uh, who would have dreamed that? Think about it with me, if you will. When I was 40 years old, I thought death was around the corner. I thought my dreams would never be fulfilled. And I, I just thought, well, that's, that's how it's going to be, and I'll just have to be satisfied with how it is and uh, just expected to pass away. And yet, look what I'm doing now. I'm living the dream of my lifetime, and uh, God has taken care of me and blessed me, and uh, I'm blessed beyond all measure. I am blessed beyond all measure. And, uh, and what a glorious joy. Brother Johnny's uh, thinking about He's not thinking about it. He is going to the city of Split, and while he was thinking about that, back in March, he said, I think we ought to put a, a Facebook ad in, first time we've ever used one of these for anything, and just advertise that free Bible. The free Bibles we give out, at, uh, like the video showed you, uh, vegetable markets, flea markets, uh, street corners here and there. And uh, he just said, let's use a Facebook ad, just see what happens. And uh, we, just, we both just thought, well, maybe 30 or 40 people might answer the ad, and 500 people answered the ad. And uh, those Facebook ads go right past all the gatekeepers. A teenager sitting somewhere with his iPad can see that ad and type in his address and get a free Bible. And nobody can put a stop to it. Amen. Anybody anywhere in Bosnia, where we don't, we don't care where they're at, we want them to have a Bible in their language. So we send them to Serbia. We send them to Croatians that are in Germany and in Austria. And we send them to Bosnia and all over Croatia. And... Uh, Having sent out, uh, we, we, we said this can't be true. This can't really have happened. So let's try it again in a different geographical area there in Croatia. And lo and behold, the very same thing happened one more time. And I, I think God's trying to tell us something. You know, I got another clue. And uh, just what a blessing that is. But you know what I've got? We've got the Winkler family there. I'm going to be the translator for them and be helping them. 
as they continue to get established and learn the language and so forth. But they've got a young teenage boy, and uh, he loves to work. Well, guess what we've got to do? We've got plenty of work for him to do. And uh, he's going to be my co-worker in the Bible distribution business. And we can support Brother Johnny down there where he's going to be, and we can support Brother Rich in the city not far from us. If he needs a Bible mailed anywhere, we can do that. And uh, I've got a guy down on the border of Bosnia that also, uh, what am I trying to say? They have a work in Bosnia, and they're not our denomination, but they're giving out our Bible, okay? And uh, he, he said, is there any way we could get some that we could pass out in Bosnia? Well, we're not in Bosnia, so why not? So we send him 15 cases of Bibles and he drives them across into Bosnia. And that'll help us to get the popularity of the translation more acceptable, and uh, people will see it, read it, and request it. And uh, we want it to get out there. It's the King James Bible in the Croatian language. It used to be that a preacher could stand there and say, hey, and the Bible says, a preacher from America preaching out of the King James, he could say, the Bible says, and the translator would, say, would stand there and go, well, mine doesn't say that. That's unacceptable. They needed the Word of God. And Brother Johnny started that project, I don't know how many years ago, but uh, here I was thinking I was going to be dead one year, and uh, just a few short years later, I'm sitting in a room with people, and we're translating the Word of God for the Croatian people. Uh, whoever dreamed of such a thing? Well, guess what? I'm a, I'm a professional nit picker, okay? I can pick nits all day long. And uh, that's one thing they needed in a Bible translation project. Somebody to find the typos. Somebody to bring verses together in Microsoft Excel and compare parallel passages. And uh, see if we translated everything in, in the way the King James did in every parallel passage. And things like that. So they needed that. And guess who's here? Well, it isn't, it, what a coincidence that I would be there and part of that uh, project, but it's a, it's a joy. That's something that will live a lot longer than I will, amen? If the Lord tarries His coming, how many people are going to read the Word of God out of that Bible? What a glorious blessing it is. Whoever dreamed of such a thing for a crippled kid from West Texas who had never been anywhere, never done anything. I was, I was 47 years old when I moved over there, okay? And I've been there 12 and a half years. Like I said, I'm 35 now. Well, I look 35. But I was 47, 47 years old, middle-aged, half crippled. Now, who picks a team like that? When I was a kid, I couldn't keep up with any of the kids in school, couldn't run, do sit-ups, climb rope or anything. So when it's time to pick teams, I didn't get picked, okay? But when I was 47 years old, God said, watch this. And he picked me up and put me over in Croatia. He, he knows what he's doing. And you know, what, you know why he does things like that? The, he picks the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. And uh, I, I'm, I'm so happy I can't see straight. I'm full of joy. Joy in the Lord. My face may not show it right now, but I am. I'm full of joy. I'm so glad to be here. i got a message for you. I better get on it, don't you think? It won't take too long, I promise that. It's Acts chapter number 9. Y'all already know what that's about. And I'm going to give you a little... 
perspective on this if I can. Acts chapter number 9, the conversion of Saul who became the Apostle Paul. What a glorious uh, world-changing event. or uh, You know, it changed the course of history. What God did on the road to Damascus when that light that's brighter than the sun. It's brighter than the sun. When that light appeared to him on the Damascus road and he heard the voice of Jesus. What a blessing. I want to read the first six verses for you and then get into the message and it won't be long. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined, suddenly, look at that, suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Let's pray. Uh, Father in heaven, I need your help. You know, I can't do anything without you. I need your help, Lord. Please help me to communicate this word tonight. Help me to say exactly what you want to say. And just use it, Father, to help us and speak to our hearts tonight. We need you in Jesus' name. Amen. In the first verse, we see Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. And then he says, in the, he, he desired letters of the high priest, verse 2, to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And we know that he was searching for anyone who named the name of Christ, and he wanted to see to their execution. And he thought it was a good thing to exterminate the name of Christ. An impossible thing, by the way. But he thought that was his mission in life, to exterminate all those who called upon Christ. And uh, journey back with me, just take a little walk in Acts chapter 7 and verse 58. This is at, at the stoning of Stephen. This uh, mention we have of Saul right here, uh, Acts 7 and verse 58. And cast him out of the city. They cast Stephen out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And, he, and when he had said this, he fell asleep. And verse 1 of chapter 8, And Saul, consenting unto his death, and at, the time, at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles and de devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. And then we go back to chapter 9, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter. 
Saul was an evil man with an evil heart, a merciless man. He wanted to exterminate the name of Christ. And what I want to tell you today is uh, there are people in our world today that want to do the very same thing. We've seen them in the news many times over the past number of years. They want to exterminate the name of Christ from this earth. They don't believe in Him and they they think that they ought to murder everyone who does. And what do we call people that do that? We call them terrorists, don't we? That would be a terrorist in our day. People in Africa and the Middle East and Somalia, uh, they want to destroy everyone that calls on the name of Christ. So you might say that they're over here at an extreme, would you not? Would you not say that they're at an extreme position? Well, Saul was at this very same extreme position. And uh, I want to talk to you about going from one extreme to the other. Amen? Amen. Saul was right here at the most extreme position he could be at. You can't get more extreme than that if you want to murder uh, men and women and make orphans out of all of their children. You cannot get more extreme than that. Here he is breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. He himself, he calls himself the chief of sinners. He said, I am the chief of sinners. He didn't say I was the chief of sinners. But he knew where he came from. He knew what God saved him from. He said, I'm the chief of sinners. And he said, if I can paraphrase, that God saved him as an example to all who would follow. That if God can save the wicked soul, he can save anybody from anything. He was at an extreme position, okay? But what happened later? Six verses later in King James Bible time, I don't know if it was five minutes or 15 minutes or 50 minutes or two hours. I have no idea, but look what happened. Verse 6, This same Saul, okay, he was breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. He he testified at the execution of a number of disciples of the Lord. But here he is in verse 6. After he met the the bright light that shined, that outshined the sun. He outshines the sun, Jesus does. He said, and he trembling and astonished. There's a fear of God for you, amen. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Where is he now? He's all the way over here. Six verses of King James Bible time. He went from one extreme all the way to the other. And you know what he did? He stayed right here the rest of his life. He stayed right here. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh yes, I'm alive, but it's not my life. My life belongs to Christ. He said, I'm going to stay right here for the rest of my life. And what did he write to us? He wrote, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Your reasonable service. Oh, but the world would say, but, but Saul, your reputation was earned over here. Your big position in high society was, named, was earned over here. The high priest know you by name. People tremble when you walk through. He said, never mind all that. Never mind all that. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Here's where I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Lord, never mind all that. I don't care about all that. He said, I've suffered the loss of all things for the cause of Christ. But what did he say about it? I do count them but dung that I may win Christ. That I may do what he wants. That I might earn the favor of the Lord because I want to please him with my life. Now here's one thing I do know today. There's not a person in this room that is over here at this extreme. I know that because I hadn't been attacked yet, shouted down. Nobody's thrown rocks at me. But what I don't know is how many of us are over there where we're supposed to be. I know this, there's nobody over here, but how many of us in this room today are right here where we're supposed to live as Christians? Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Not my will, but thine be done. You remember hearing that somewhere? Maybe the Garden of Gethsemane? Thy will be done. Thy will be done. How many of us are right here? There's one thing I can guarantee you. Every one of us in this room are some way, somewhere between here and over there. Nobody's right here. I don't know how many of us are over here, but all of us are somewhere along this line. Maybe some of us were here at one time. Maybe we've slacked off. Why? Did tragedy come to your home? Maybe a pandemic swept through the land. Maybe it knocked you back a little bit. What do we need to do? The Lord said, draw nigh to me. And I will draw nigh to you. We've got to take a step toward God today. We've got to get back where we're supposed to be. What does this have to do with the mission conference? A whole lot. A whole lot. Where's your heart today? Where are you at? Some people are happy to hang out right here in the center. Keep in mind, there's just a line right here. All of us are somewhere. Maybe we've got one foot over here in the world and one foot in church. Maybe we put on our church costume on Sunday morning and Sunday night and pretend to be okay when we know where we are in our own heart. You know. You also know where you're supposed to be. Where are you tonight? 
Saul went from total defiance to complete surrender. That's where a Christian ought to be. Not my will, Lord, but thine be done. Show me what you'd have me to do. I thank God that he gave me that heart when I was a child. Lord, I'll go anywhere and do anything. Then when the door opened up, guess what? I knew I need to walk right through that one. That's where I need to be. And I can rejoice in the Lord forevermore. Well, was Saul's life a cakewalk after he became a Christian? It wasn't, was it? Look at 2 Corinthians with me, chapter number 11. We have a great list here of things. 2 Corinthians 11. 24 through 31. He's just listing a few things that he's been through. He said, Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, at night and a day I had been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils... In, the, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak and I'm not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? But then he says, if I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. You know what else he said? He, he, he just went through that long list of everything he's been through. He also said, I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He said, godliness with contentment is great gain. And he said, I want to finish my course with joy. But Paul, you're in prison. Hallelujah, thine the glory. But Paul, you're getting beaten. Praise the Lord. How could he do that? Because he lived right here. How could he do that? Because he lived right here. He knew he was in the will of God. I've received several clues that would indicate that I'm living in the will of God. Wouldn't you say? Open the door wide for me. You know what I have there? I have great contentment. I have great joy. And uh, Paul suffered all these things. I have not suffered anywhere near what he has. But I want to show you what his reaction was in Acts chapter number 20. And uh, let's see. Verse 23. Acts 20 and verse 23 and 24. He said, Save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Hey, he's got, he said, I'm going to have trouble everywhere I go. I know there'll be difficulty. I know there'll be resistance. There'll be whippings. There'll be imprisonments. There's, I don't have any idea what all awaits me. I just know there's going to be trouble. But what did he say in verse 24? But none of these things move me. 
None of these things move me. If you got bumped off of course, if you're, if you're back over here somewhere, what moved you? He said, none of these things moved me. We just read a long list of the great difficulties and great dangers that he's faced. The imprisonment, the mistreatment, uh, the attempted murder. He was stoned and left for dead outside of a city. He said, none of these things move me. A pandemic comes. He says, none of these things are going to move me. A tragedy comes to your home. He says, none of these things move me. And notice what he said about why. Look at look what his goal was. His goal for his life. We need to have goals. He said, neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy. Paul, you've been in prison. I'm full of joy. I'm going to finish my course with joy. Paul, you just got whipped at the post. I'm going to finish my course with joy. Paul, there's a riot in the city against you. I'm going to finish my course with joy. None of these things move me. He said, I got right here that day on that road to Damascus, and this is where I'm staying. Never mind if I've got a chronic illness. Never mind if I'm in pain every day. I'm going to live right here. This is where the joy and the contentment and the peace comes from. I want to be able to sing, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Have Thine Own Way. And truly mean it. I want to be able to sing, I have decided to follow Jesus and mean it with all my heart. We have relegated that to almost like a children's song, but think of the impact of those words. I have decided. Hey, I'm not double-minded anymore. There's no question in my mind. I'm going to stay right here. I've decided to follow Jesus. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Never mind the big reputation I had in the, in the city or in the government position or whatever it was. Never mind the popularity. Never mind the social circle that I had before. I'm going to stay right here. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? None of these things are going to move me that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. Guess what? To testify the gospel of the grace of God. He said, I've got a job to do. Nothing's going to stop me. If God be for us, who can be against us? Jesus said Himself, all power is given unto me. He didn't say some of it. He didn't say 50%. He didn't say a little bit. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. None of these things are going to move me. Guess where I'm going to stay? I'm going to stay right here. I want to be like Paul and just stay right here. I want to be crucified with Christ, alive, but not me living. It's Him living through me. That's the kind of life I want. I want to consider myself crucified under Christ. But I want to to live for Him, like Paul said. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The prophet said it on a mountain one time, a long time ago. How long halt ye between two opinions? If you're satisfied here in the middle somewhere, you know what we call that in Texas? Hem-hawing. What are you hem-hawing around about? 
And if you look it up in the thesaurus, you can also see the term lollygag. How, what are you lollygagging about, around about? God's still God. Hey, that light still outshines the sun. The power is not diminished. The right hand of the Lord is not diminished. Just as He empowered the Apostle Paul, He can empower you. He can make you content. He can give you peace. And He can give you joy even in a difficult day. If you just live for Him. We've got a choice today. Lollygag around. You look at another entry in the thesaurus, it says dilly-dally, okay? So are you hem-hawing, lollygagging, or dilly-dallying today? How long halt you between two opinions? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But God said, the Lord said, Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. All we've got to do is take a step toward him today. Yield unto him. Surrender our will to his. He's got a job for us to do. There's a world out there dying and going to hell. He needs people that live right here. Doing the will of God from the heart. What will you do today? Will you decide to move from way out here where you may be back to where you're supposed to be? Or maybe you've never made it here. But today's the day. Draw nigh unto me, he says. That's what he wants. I want to live for him. I want to be able to sing in church, I surrender all, and not be lying. I want to be able to sing, wherever he leads me, I'll go and not be telling a story. I want to be able to say with Paul what he said, and I'll close with this, 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. I love these verses. I want to be able to say with him, 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Look what he said in verse 7. I have fought a good fight. Hey, if we're, if we're lollygagging around here in the middle, we're not fighting a good fight. If we are just, just made it over here, we're not fighting a good fight. We've got to get over there where we're supposed to be. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. That's what I want to do. I want to finish my course. I can't finish your course for you. No one else can. It's your course. I want to finish my course. He said, I have kept the faith. Henceforth, he's looking forward, amen? Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do you love his appearing today? Are you anticipating his return? Are you looking forward to it? Or will you have to hide your head in shame? Because you had all this opportunity to do right. All the opportunity in the world to yield the life that He gave you back to Him, and you didn't do it. I'm looking forward to His appearing. I want to do everything that I can for Him while I have breath in this body. I want to say, Lord, what wilt Thou have me to do? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank You for the message today. I just pray You'd bless it to our hearts. Help us to think about it, to meditate upon it,
And God, just move us and speak to us through your word. Just help us. Help us to know exactly what you'd have us to do. Just guide hearts in this place, Lord. Help us to draw nigh to thee. And we know, Lord, that you'll receive us. Help us, O Lord, to surrender all. Help us, O Lord, to be willing, like Paul was, to go anywhere and do anything for the cause of Christ. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. While we stand, all heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Traveled far and near with one main goal to seek and save the lost. Though his followers condemned him so, unto a sinner he would go. Still he pressed on this message to bestow. Should we neglect the cost? Should we forget the lost? And fail to point the sinner to the cross. Then will our labor be in vain if we deny Jesus' name to a world dying in their shame. Should we neglect the cost? Look now into the fields. They have much fruit to yield, but sad to say, the laborers are few. Too busy seeking wealth and fame, or worldly goods for selfish gain, not knowing they will never mean a thing. Should we neglect the cost? Should we forget the lost? Fail to point the sinner to the cross. Then will our labor be in vain if we deny Jesus' name to a world dying in their shame. Should we neglect the cause? One by one they go.
traveled far and near with one main goal to seek and save the lost. Though his followers condemned him so, unto a sinner he would go. Still he pressed on this message to.